Between aging and busy lifestyles, many women struggle with maintaining their physical and mental wellness. At Aquavita Concierge Healthcare Services for Women, we can help you revitalize your health and reclaim your life. We start from within by balancing your hormones, allowing your body to achieve and maintain desired weight goals. We also specialize in peptide therapies, regenerative medicine, sexual health, and aesthetics in our state-of-the-art facilities. Feel better, look better, live better. At Aquavita, visit aquavitality.com and begin your journey today. For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so (laughs) you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. It is MMA Strategy Show right here on AwesomeMode.com. I am Jason Ford. That is a fighter, Pete Rogers Jr. Pete, how you doing on this uh, Thursday afternoon? Yeah, you know, my time's all messed up. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to break down this big card. I mean, this is a, a larger card than what we've been dealing with. And uh, some changes, some fights getting, you know, rebooked. And then, uh, you know, Romanov's finally here, Jason. I get to f- finally see my boy fight in the UFC. Yeah, we're, we were talking a little earlier, and you're like, oh, by the way, we have a, of course, we do have already have some changes this card. So, uh, all right, Pete, let's just start here. We we know we already have one fighter off the card. I'm still saying one and a half, under over. Over now. You just smashed the over, and you don't even think about it. <laughs> yeah, like at this point with, with these Vegas cards, you just, this is the thing about DFS and these, these fight night cards in Vegas is, if you are not playing to be around your phone, around your computer, 20 minutes before lock, you're you're playing with fire and playing MMA DFS right now. That's just being honest. Yeah, I mean, it's an NBA slate, essentially. And uh, you get, you know, little Anthony Davis, little uh, injury news right before. And and uh, you have to make some adjustments. But, um, you know, since the quarantine, we've really had to deal with a lot of these you know, short notice replacements and um, people missing weight or some just odd circumstances. Yeah, man. And of course, uh, you know, you, you text me cause I've been in meetings all morning. You text me, Frank Camacho is out of his fight against Brock Weaver. Frank was actually probably gonna be a guy that I was going to target a little bit. So now Jalen Turner is going to be stepping. That's not been officially announced by the UFC, but all plans, by the way, Jalen Turner and Frank Camacho are both represented by the same fire. So I'm sure, uh, Jason House had a little advance notice that Frank was going to be not be able to call, pull out his card, so he gets another one of his clients uh, in here. Of course, Jalen was supposed to fight last week. That was the guy that I know you were high on that. And then uh, your boy Romanoff is now in here taking on Martinez. Uh, so those two fights, we do not have DraftKings lines on. We don't even have betting lines out on those fights. So that is something to kind of pay attention to we'll see when DraftKings and FanDuel ends up putting out those lines on that one but yeah man it's this is what makes uh DFS really tough right now so uh but of course be sure to smash that thumbs up button right here on YouTube subscribe to the channel hit that notification bell we got colors for you all day long for the start of the NFL season plus we got MLB live before lock we got NBA live before lock so a ton of content today here at awesomeo.com. But the main event, Michelle Watterson, Angela Hill was not supposed to be initially the main event for this fight car, but uh, with Glove Teixeira being pulled from this fight car due to COVID, oh, what, two weeks ago? So it's taking on Tiago Santos. That fight is now, I want to say, October the 1st. So this one got bumped up, and the UFC asked both of them. They said, hey, you, you want to do five rounds? They're like, sure. And we were talking on the phone a little earlier before the show. Now, this is the, your 8,200-8,000 matchup. Uh, Angela Hill is the 8,200 matchup, but we were talking about this of if your thought process is this fight's going 25 minutes to me, it's all about Angela Hill. But if you think Michelle Watterson can use her grappling, get this fight to the ground and get the stoppage, man, there is some value with Michelle Watterson on all platforms. Yeah. It's a very, you know, interesting matchup here. Uh, Michelle Watterson, five and four in the UFC, Angela Hill, seven and eight in the UFC. Angela Hill's kind of on the up in her career. She's kind of started to get some momentum behind her and looking better than ever. Whereas Michelle Watterson is starting to slip 
um, you know, and not really materialize, you know, like into the star that the UFC thought that they had, um, you know, for Waterson to really have an advantage in this fight, she needs to take the fight to the ground. And I think that's going to be a little difficult facing Angela Hill, who is definitely the volume side in this fight. Angela Hill throws at an amazing clip of 5.7 strikes per minute. Um, she's just, her activity level is through the roof. It's crazy. Now, if she can, you know, maintain that pace for five rounds, you definitely like her potential at 8,200. She could break the slate with, you know, the amount of significant strikes landed. Um, I do, I do like Michelle Waterson though at 8,000 as a value play. So I will have my shares for both because I think Michelle Waterson will look to get this done early and, and try to, you know, take Angela Hill down and work towards a submission because Michelle Waterson really has a great head and arm throw. And uh, with a fighter like Angela Hill, who enjoys the clinch so much, that head and arm throw is going to be there, you know, plenty of times. Because uh, whenever you have a Thai fighter looking for a Muay Thai plum on, you know, to grab a hold of your neck and control you for knees and elbows, all you have to do is wrap around that head and throw that head and arm throw. So uh, if Michelle Waterson is smart and she's out of a great camp, that's definitely the strategy. You know, in terms of significant strikes, to me, I much favor Angela Hill in that aspect. You know, if you go back to the last time we saw Michelle Waterson in a 25-man fight against Ioana Janczyk, uh basically uh, 11 months ago, 11, 11 10 months ago, uh, the fight card that was here in my hometown of Tampa, she only landed 58 significant strikes. That's not exactly the volume you're going to look for, particularly when you're, think when you're talking about Ioana. I mean, look, Joanna wants to keep it on the feet, just like Angela Hill wants to keep it on the feet. So that that's where, like, I have a little bit of 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 concern of Michelle Waterson. Look, am I going to have shares of Michelle Waterson? Of course I am. But if this fight's a twenty five minute fight and Angela Hill is able to keep it on the feet, I don't know how much I really like Michelle Waterson in this spot. Yeah, I don't blame you. And uh, the one thing that you have to, you know, bring into consideration is how taxing takedowns are. On your cardio so like if uh, michelle waterson lands a few takedowns um you know that could zap the energy of a angela hill and even though she has an amazing gas tank no matter how good shape you're in if, if you're going from striking to grappling exchanges you're going to get fatigued that's just the reality of it um you know angela hill if i if i look at her resume i mean obviously the split decision loss to claudia gadelia that she arguably won a lot of mma media thought that she won that fight um Loma Luke Bumi, Hannah Cyphers, uh, Ariana Carnalosi, not the top of the division by any means, whereas uh, Michelle Waterson just dropped the split to Carla Esparza, Joanna Janjacek, Karolina Kovalkiewicz, Felice Herrick, Courtney Casey. So I do think that even though Michelle Waterson has been slipping of late, she has been fighting the better opposition. Um, so I, I think that the ownership is going to come in pretty heavy on Angela Hill and a lot of people might just be writing off Michelle Watterson. Yeah, it's and look, it's a very noble fight for both of these these ladies. You know, one of the things that kind of did jump out to me, I guess I just thought that Angela Hill was a much younger fighter than Michelle Watterson for whatever reason. Yeah. Michelle, they're only separated by six days in age. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, they, they both had a wealth of experience. I mean, 25 fights from Michelle Watterson, 20 for Angela Hill. So, I mean, it's a very great match. It's a, it's a nice matchup, but uh, definitely not the main event we were anticipating. Uh, Joe, I appreciate you in the donation. Super Chat, he goes, I've seen some of the card. Here comes y'all's favorite question. Who is the lock of the night? I'm going with Worthy by Finish. Uh, worthy by Finish would not be a lock of the night for me. Um, if I was going to go a lock of the night, I probably have the most confidence. Mike Rodriguez. Yeah, I'm saying my boy Romanov. I'm I'm sticking to it. We'll get to him. But there are some definite fights that I feel comfortable about, and there are plenty of fights that I do not feel comfortable about, and I don't have a problem avoiding. Uh, the co-main event is Osman Azatar versus Kama Worthy. Of course, this fight was supposed to take place last week. I moved to this fight card, co-main event spot here. I believe in terms of DFS, this is a fight you must roster. 
as I think whoever wins in this fight, it is going to be a good score. I think there's value on, on Azatar. I think there's also value in Kama Worthy, two different reasonings in terms of that. You know, when I talked to Kama Worthy about uh, three, three and a half weeks ago, uh, one of the things I said, I was like, you know, because, I, you know, I was like, what's your general thoughts about Azatar? And just to kind of paraphrase what he said, he's like, look, this guy brings the heat and he's going to be aggressive. And I think in the first round, and this is a thing of we have seen throughout his mixed martial arts career, Kama Worthy will get into firefights. And look, Kama Worthy has done great for me in the UFC. He's he's done very well for me. 2-0 in the UFC, both underdog spots. He's not an underdog in this spot. Uh, you know, look, I think Aztar wants to have a striking matchup. I think if Aztar wins, it's going to be in the first round, Pete. But I think the longer this fight goes, I do believe it does favor Worthy. What's gets your take? Yeah, so this is definitely an interesting matchup and a fight that I will be smashing my exposure to because I think that the fight's going to end and this is this has GPP optimal written all over it. I really think that the winner of this fight will be a part of the GPP optimal lineup. Um, you know, you mentioned Kama Worthy has a 75% finish rate um, in the UFC's 2-0, has looked better than ever and really at 155 pounds you might be seeing the true potential of this kid and you know he used to fight at 145 pounds and flip-flop between divisions and uh you know he suffered a lot of losses and a lot of knockout losses so that's kind of why i faded him in the past because i've seen him fight regionally and i've seen him finished and knocked out pretty brutally regionally um going up against a, a knockout artist who's 12 and 0 in azatar who has a 92 percent finish rate this is a very dangerous matchup because, you know, you can only get away with engaging in firefights so many times. And then, uh, you know, your Achilles heel will, will ultimately start to show. And Kama Worthy's striking defense, it's it's a little lacking. And it's because of his aggressiveness. When he's over aggressive, he, he leaves himself open. So I will have my exposure here to Azatar at 7,700. But I'm not avoiding Kama Worthy because... The guy, since he's made it into the UFC, has been, you know, he's been incredible. I think that, uh, you know, I do think that a shot lands for Azatar and he puts away Kama Worthy. But if you tell me that, you know, Kama Worthy, you know, as the fight goes on, works towards a submission or a light finish, I wouldn't be surprised because I agree with you. The, uh, the UFC experience, the overall fight experience, 22 fights versus 12 fights, I think will start to show as the fight goes on. So, uh have your exposure to this fight and uh, Azatar as a 7k option is definitely someone to circle. By the way, be sure to hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube. If you're in the chat, you'll see Joey's in there right now. Let you know, we're going to be giving away a free MMA weekly pass here very soon, right there in the chat. So be sure to uh, hit that thumbs up button right here on YouTube. Uh, Lee asked uh, about Kama Worthy on FanDuel. He's $15 on FanDuel. Uh, yes, I like. I think that is a very good spot on FanDuel. You know, as I, I look throughout the FanDuel prices, I'm looking at value plays. Um, yeah, Kama Worthy is definitely going to be a value play at $15 for me. Yeah, I always think it's interesting when, uh, you know, the DraftKings salaries and FanDuel salaries don't match up and you see one site favoring the other. And I think it goes to show you how close this fight really is. And it's a you know flip of a coin of who lands the first shot. But um, give me the guy that hasn't been knocked out six times. Uh, and uh, despite us only seeing one fight in the UFC, I, I do like Azatar slightly a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, it's – but to me, I think Azatar, it's – I just feel like if it gets out of the first round yeah. – by, by the way, fight goes the distance. Didn't mention this on Michelle Waterson and Angela Hill. That is minus 290 on the betting lines. Now, by the way, if you want to see the betting lines for this fight, be sure to go to awesomemote.com right there at the top of the page. Odd shopper to see what the odds are for these fights. Azatar worthy, plus 195. So what's that tell you what the odd makers think? Yeah, I'd agree with it. And um, I think somebody's getting finished. I really do. I think it's a, a fight to target. Yeah, it's definitely a fight that I am going to target. Up next, we're going to talk about a female matchup, Andrea Lee and Roxanne Modafari. Uh, Andrea Lee, 8,900 on DK, 7,300 for Roxanne. If you want some value on Roxanne on FanDuel, $9. Yeah, the disrespect to Roxanne Modafari is crazy. 
And I get it. The girl has 17 losses, but we have to really take that experience into consideration. I mean, 41 fights is 41 fights, Jason. And uh, she's fought the who's who as far as women's MMA. Um, you know, and Montefiore did beat Andrea Lee, what, six years ago? So I know that was a split decision and they're, they're not the same fighters that they were. And I... For the best TV viewing experience, witness the coziest maroons, the most vibrant and brightest moons, the eeriest and darkest tombs, and radiant and vivid hues in any type of room with the Neo QLED and OLED TVs by Samsung. We're supposed to say Samsung, but that didn't rhyme, so <laughs> you're welcome. Samsung, more wow than ever. I would say that Montefiore has better striking now than she ever has, and I know it's really not at Andrea Lee's level, but it's a hell of a lot better than what it was. And, um, you know, Roxanne Montefiore is always a threat to take opponents down and to hunt submissions, and I think that's why I'm looking at her for a few of my lineups. Now, should Andrea Lee six years from that split decision loss to Roxanne Montefiore go out there and get it done? She should. Like, she's better now. She has better takedown defense now, better striking. But Roxanne always seems to find a way to get the fight to the ground, whether she gets put on her back and then sweeps. The girl has amazing sweeps. But uh, top pressure is great. 7,300, a name to circle for sure. Minus 385. Fight goes the distance. It's going to be a long night, Jason. It is going to be a long night. Yeah, I, th this is a number I'm going to bring up throughout when we talk about every fight because, you know, one of the things I always say about when you're building your DFS lineups is look at the betting lines. Yeah. And also look at how they flowed from when they started. How did the betting public bet it? You know, did they take, was it particularly start hammering one side or not? It, it It's a tool that I use every week of figuring out okay what does the public think about the fights and looking at our ownership projections over at awesome that alex puts out there of okay where can i find some advantages yeah and i i think that's the reporter in you because the fighter in me i don't i, I don't like odds you know what i mean like i just know how unpredictable the sport is and unlike anything else it can change with one shot we've seen it um, if you think about Roosevelt Roberts, when he fought Jim Miller, he slipped on the canvas, he slipped on the canvas and is now in a very inferior position. So, you know, I, I'm not a big fan of odds, but I do take a look at them. Yeah, no, it's something to me that you definitely have to, you have to consider there's no doubt about it. It's something that you definitely have to consider there. Um, you know, Andrea Lee on DraftKings at $19 if she can, start, when you look at the takedown defense points on FanDuel, yeah, that that might be a sneaky FanDuel play. You know, even I though like I, I don't, I don't love the play at all. Um, like if you told me if I was going to play a side, I'd probably play Roxanne for the value. Yeah, Roxanne should be the FanDuel chalk over there at nine dollars, just because it allows you to get to the high end options. Um, so anticipate heavy ownership over on FanDuel, but I like what you're saying. Uh, Roxanne's shot to win this is take the floor, you know, you know, take the fight down to the mat. And uh, if you look at it, she somewhat fails miserably at doing so. Um, she has a 21% takedown accuracy, and that is not good. But with a girl with her skills on the mat, it takes one takedown to get the position they need or get, you know, get your back and work towards a submission. Um, you know, but I, I do like Andrea Lee over on Fandle at 19 because of those bonus points. By the way, if you're in the chat, Joey's giving away a free weekly MMA pass, so be sure to check out that as he's popped over a question for you. Also got to mention, uh, be sure you're following Awesomeo on Twitter, at Awesomeo underscore com. Right now, we have got a giveaway going on over there. Just check out the pin tweet of how you can win an Awesomeo NFL year pass. That's a $250 value. Go over right now to our Twitter account to see about that giveaway that we do have going on over there uh also we'll let you about uh do want to let you know about of course if you're looking to play some other sports dfs wise say free premium content we got over at awesome today we've got the top showdown and single game plays for DraftKings and FanDuel for the nfl also nba player projections and mlb 
lineup builder. I will tell you once we kind of get done here, I uh, I'll be starting looking at my MLB lines. Got to got to put some uh, lineups together here tonight, Pete, for this one. But let's move on here. We got Ed Herman and Mike Rodriguez, a fight that was put together ten days ago, basically. Uh, I'll tell you a little story. So I interviewed Mike like what's say on a Tuesday, and then Wednesday night I'm sitting at home. It's like it's like eleven midnight something like that just sitting playing madden and i get a text from one of mike's people goes hey are you planning to release that interview you did yesterday anytime soon i go yeah yeah uh, yeah why i'm I gonna put it out tomorrow like oh you might want to put it out pretty quick because his new fight's about to be announced and yeah. so um he, he got a, a matchup here against ed herman uh 8800 for mike rodriguez 7400 for ed herman i really like mike mike rodriguez in this spot y- you know you, you look at the reach advantage he has in this fight i mean i, I think the only question is can he be the first guy to stop Ed Herman? i want to say it's been five years since ed herman's been stopped yeah um Props to Mike Rodriguez, my buddy. I hope he goes out there and gets it done. Um, I actually do like this fight for him. And I know that I was a little hesitant on like really planting my flag next to Mike's name in the Marcin Pracnio fight. And it was just because of the the KO ability of Pracnio and how he wins and how aggressive he is. Now, this fight I do think is tailor-made for Rodriguez. And the reason is because of his length. Um, his skill set, very long southpaw, 82-inch reach, has a 5-inch reach advantage, a uh, 3-inch height advantage. He's 6'4". He's the younger guy, 31, versus Ed Herman, who's 39. Now, with those 39 years of age, comes a wealth of experience. Ed Herman, 24 and 14. Um, you know, you talk about 23 UFC fights. Like, that is insane. Uh, you know, I like Mike Rodriguez to stay on the outside and pick him apart because Ed Herman – he has, you know, you know, resorted to takedowns to get wins in the past, but the guy likes to strike. I mean, he, he'll be in there striking with Mike Rodriguez. This is a matchup where Mike should be able to showcase his skills. He has good kicks, whereas Ed Herman really just relies on his hands and his low kicks. Um, you know, in the clinch, we see what Mike can do if Ed Herman tries to dirty box him. Great elbows, great knees. So, as long as Mike can keep this fight up on the feet, say Herman gets rocked, and when you're rocked, you resort to anything and trying to get your opponent down to the mat. Um, if Mike keeps it on the feet, I think it's his fight, and I, I think that he's a, you know, a nice pick at 8,800. But Ed Herman's not easy to put away, so I would say just, uh, you know, be careful. Yeah, no, I I think it's it's played Mike Rodriguez, or I I, I can't really recommend playing Ed Herman. Um, Mike will be a staple in my lineups. He, he just, he'll, you know, the, but the only, only fear I have is that he doesn't get the finish and can he land enough significant strikes, maybe get some knockdowns that can add up some points there. Um, you know, I, I think honestly, and you know, Mike's Mike has been taken down, but he gets up pretty quickly. It's not like, you know, when he gets taken down, he stays there Ed Herman, you know, to me, I think if he's going to win and he hasn't shown this in a really long time, is be able to get the takedowns, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, then we got Bobby Green and Alan Patrick. Bobby Green, 9,100 on DK. Alan Patrick is is uh, 7,100. The fight goes the distance prop in this one is minus 210. I, I, I brought this question up to you earlier on the phone. I'll, we'll have the discussion here. Yeah. If Bobby Green, who hasn't got a stoppage win since 2013 against James Krause, if he does not get the stoppage win, what will it take for him to pay off that DK price point? You know, it's a it's a great question. And they keep pricing Bobby Green in the 9K option. And I feel like it's just like, you know, they're baiting me into picking him because I do like Bobby Green. And I, I just like everything about him. I like his boxing. Um, underrated takedown defense. Just overall good game. But Sometimes his problem is he just plays with his food a little bit and he doesn't go out there and put people away when you know he could. Um, the Lando Venata fights are a great example of that. The Clay Guida fight, great example of that. Um, you know, Bobby Green is tough. And Bobby Green has good boxing, throws at a, a good volume of five strikes per minute, which those can definitely add up. His striking defense is pretty nice. He does like a Philly shell boxing. So 63% striking defense. Um, he'll get takedowns if he needs to, but he's a he's a striker by nature. 
uh, Alan Patrick will be looking to take this fight to the ground, I would imagine, because when he was standing up with Scott Holtzman, which was some time ago, Jason, you know, you talk about Alan Patrick, who is now 37 and hasn't been active at all and uh, is, is looking to come back into the UFC. He was overextending on a lot of his shots. And Bob, uh, not Bobby Green, uh, Scott Holtzman was landing nice step back right hands and timing it perfectly. So I think Bobby Green's, you know, precision will shine through here. By the way, Samuel in the chat saying, how many trolls have I missed? Sam, you haven't missed any yet. Haven't missed any yet. We haven't thrown any little daggers here, you know? Now, I'm not used to doing a show in the afternoon with uh, with Pete. Yeah, that's right. You know, um, for once, n- no trolling. Um, it's, good, it's good to know you get up this early in the day. <laughs> I have to, bro. Yeah, no. Yeah, my day my day started about six o'clock this morning. So yeah, it's a uh, it's a busy day uh, here in the uh, the home office. I have I've not been in my regular office like I think like in two weeks now. Oh boy, oh boy. Yeah, yeah. Outside of yeah, they uh, they had to fix the AC in, in my office um, like two and a half weeks ago. Yeah, and I go back and I get there and I'm I, I call the AC guy. I go. Hey, did you think about locking the door when you got done? Oh man, that's a that's I hate that. I used to have uh, people come into my gym and, and work on stuff, and then like they wouldn't take their shoes off, so my mats were filled with shoe prints. That drove me crazy. Oh. I I can just see how crazy that would. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm a neat freak when it comes to when it comes to the gym. Uh, Question is, how much did that drive your dad crazy? I I make sure I clean it up before a Psycho Boy <laughs> finds out. I saw his post on Facebook about hoarding this morning. Oh, Lord. Your dad looks like he might, you know, kind of collect some things. Oh, yeah. (laughs) But uh, let's move on here. We got Billy Q and Kyle Nelson. Billy Q, one of the the highest salary fighters on this card at 9,300. Taking on Kyle Nelson. And uh, if you look at the the, uh, fight goes the distance prop, this is probably a fight you should look at uh, potentially targeting plus 155. Yeah, I like this fight. Um, there, the nine K options are weird. This card in general is very difficult from a DFS aspect. Um, so many things can happen, and so many people are just in weird spots. I do like Billy. Uh, Billy here at ninety three hundred. It's a heavy price tag, but I'm willing to pay it. The guy has shown that he's on such a roll now um, in the UFC. He's two and zero. Took out a guy who I was pretty high on, Spike Carlisle. He's averaging one hundred and seven DraftKings points per fight. The thing that sticks out to me is his significant strikes. He throws at 7.4 strikes per minute, um, only absorbs 2.8 strikes per minute. So I really like that ratio. Um, if you watch his fights, he'll hunt takedowns as well. Early on, Billy Q, and we're talking years back now because he's been on such a such a role, he does get put in bad positions, uh, Jason, where he's like in losing positions. He's on the bottom getting ground and pounded or somebody's taking his back. Um, as long as he can avoid these big shots of Kyle Nelson, I really think it's his fight. I do. I, I don't see Kyle Nelson um, being able to do too much. I think Billy Q takes him down and works towards a submission. I mean, he's just relentless on the mat. So one of my favorite options. The only concern I have with Billy is sometimes he does get off to slow starts. Yeah, yeah, you know, but he's kind of like he once he gets going, his volume picks up, his pace picks up. I mean, the, if you look at his submission attempts, he he attempts three submissions per fifteen minutes. That is great. I want guys that are hunting KOs, ground and pound uh, TKOs, or trying to get them out of there via submission. Hal Nelson does hunt submissions as well, two point eight. But his vol- his striking volume, uh, 2.7, throws big, big shots. But his his UFC career hasn't really gone the best, uh, absorbing six strikes per minute. If you just watch film, you see that Kyle Nelson swings for the fences. So obviously if something lands, Billy Q could be in, in trouble. But uh, I like Billy Q here at 9300. I'm, I'm anticipating some heavy ownership. Yeah, looking at our ownership projections right now, he is the second highest owned fighter right now on DraftKings. Of course, if you want to get access to those ownership projections, what you want to do is sign up for Osmo Plus MMA Weekly Pass for $8.95. This gives you full access to our fire projections, ownership projections, and the top fighters tools. So you got to check out that today. Go to Osmo.com. 
forward slash join to sign up for MMA plus weekly pass there. Uh, up next, I think uh, I truly feel Tyson Nam is going to be a highly owned fire this week. Greed? I think so. Um, I think this is a fight that's sneaky. Seeing is believing, and you're not going to believe how bright and vivid the colors are on the Samsung Neo QLED and OLED TVs powered by the neural quantum processor. Because this is an audio ad. Unless you can see it, which means you already have one. Nice. Samsung, more wow than ever. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I do. I think that both sides are sneaky. Um... Tyson Nam, we spoke about it on the phone. He's a 7K op- option that I circled. 7,600 for a guy that does have KO ability and has KO'd people that probably he shouldn't. And, um, you know, coming off that great win over Zaruk Adeshev, who stepped up on short notice. But, uh, you know, the guy head kicked Ali Bogatinov um, over in uh, Fight Nights Global 64. That was a big win. And the one thing, the first time I ever heard about Tyson Nam, was when I was so big on it, uh, Eduardo Dantes from, from Bellator. And uh, he took a local fight to stay active outside of Bellator, right? Mm. And ended up getting knocked out in round one by who? Tyson Nam. So Tyson Nam packs a heavy punch. Now, going up against Matt Schnell, who he's, he's good overall. Like the guy has good striking and really, really sneaky submission ability. And I think that most of his wins come by submission. You're going up against Tyson Am, who has never been submitted in his in his MMA career, and the guy has a uh, you know 19 and 11 record. So that might be hard to come by. The big thing for concern here is uh, how Matt Schnell can take a shot. Can he really take a shot? We've seen Rob Font stop uh, Rob Font stop him. And then I don't know if you've ever seen this fight, the Hector Sandoval fight, when he's basically trying to hook a leg to go for a leg lock. And the weirdest little short hammer fists, one stunned them, and then, like, they didn't even look powerful, Jason, but obviously you just hit that right spot. They put him out, put him out pretty bad. And then you think about his most recent loss, overhand right knockout to uh, Alexandre Pantoja. So the guy has shown chin issues. I think Tyson Am's a nice, nice value here. Um, I'll have plenty. Yeah, and in terms of, I know Schnell's uh, done work past couple weeks at, at Fortis. Uh, you know, he had been ATT for a while back in Louisiana. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the chin definitely is a question mark. And, look, I've known Tyson Nam for years. Uh, Tyson Nam wants, you know, he, he wants to engage in, in a kickboxing matchup. That's what Tyson Nam wants to do. Uh, so I, I think the, the value, uh, particularly on DraftKings at 7,600, uh, he's actually $17 on FanDuel, $16 for Matt Snell. So I like it a little bit more on the DK side of things. Next up, we'll talk about Julia Avila taking on Sajara Eubanks. Uh, Avila is the biggest favorite on DraftKings at 9400 Uh This is minus 170 to go the distance. Um, you know, the price tag on Julia at 9400 is a little nervous for me of do I want to pay that much for her where I, you know, with Sajara, you know, the one thing is, is, I mean, look, she's got talent, but she wears down as the fight goes on. My goodness. Talk about wide odds. And uh, I don't like this fight for either fighter. I know that sounds crazy, but Julia Vila is relatively unproven in the UFC. Um, you know, she has shown that she's an aggressive fighter. But getting a, a quick stoppage win over Gina Mazzani her last time out in 22 seconds. Okay, that's nice. That was a great performance. Um, a decision win over Panny Kianzad, who has really improved over the years. But um, she's not like a top talent by any means. Sajara Eubanks uh, had so much hype you know, coming from the Ultimate Fighter. And a lot of people had some uh, 
some high hopes for her thinking that she was going to do some great things in the division. Um, ultimately now at 135 pounds, the girl is amazing skill wise, but really fades as the fight goes on. She struggles with the cardio and it's just the truth. And I think that's why the, you know, the odds are favoring Julia Vila because she has a great gas tank. She seems aggressive from bell to bell. She seems like she can avoid bad positions. Uh, she's a brown belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Sajara Eubanks has great takedowns and is a black belt in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, so hopefully Julia Vila can, can you know, not get put in some terrible positions. Uh, Sajara will have the sharper hands. She'll have the better boxing as far as technique-wise. Um, Julia Vila will be the more aggressive, will have the higher volume. I just hope that she doesn't run into a shot, and that's always – a you know potential problems when you have a volume striker going up against a power striker with with good foundations good fundamentals um sajar has been working a lot with mark henry who does wonders as far as you know boxing but you know i hope sajar starts to address her cardio because she can really make her mark in this division if she fixes that yeah a uh, question in the chat from uh, samuel says will avila be like what Kelleher was last week as a non-top value chalk play. I don't, I don't know, man, because, okay, so let's think. Avila's not going to go out there and get rid of Eubanks in one round. I don't see that happening. She's priced up like she needs to. Okay, so that's out of the realm of possibility. Um, Eubanks can definitely clip her with a big shot. I think what the, you know, the pricing is suggesting is that the accumulation of hot, of a ton of strikes over 15 minutes or a late finish is possible while Sajara Eubanks is exhausted. Um, you know, when you're exhausted, you're not able, not able to defend yourself like you normally can and normally should be. Uh, when you're tired, shots hurt more. Um, if somebody hits you with a body shot, that affects your cardio even more. So a late finish for Julia Vila is not out of the realm of possibility. So, I guess I'll have a few lineups with Julia Vila, but like, it's a tough fight. It really is. It's not a cupcake matchup for either fighter. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a fight that I don't think I'll have many shares in, just because uh, of the pricing. And I mean, look, Eubanks is a she's a punt play. She's an extreme punt play, and my fear is that it, it could be if she even if she gets a win. It may be, not be the greatest of, of scores. Uh, next up, we got uh, Matt Frivola versus Roosevelt Roberts, 7,800 for the steamroller. Matt Frivola and Roosevelt Roberts is 8,400. The fight goes a distance prop on this one is minus 230. I think Frivola is going to be one of the most popular plays at 7,800, and it's because of his takedown ability, uh, averaging three takedowns per 15 minutes. Um you know, if you look at it on paper, Roosevelt Roberts has lost to Vince Pichel and now Jim Miller. So recency bias, more people will be favoring Favola than Roberts. I do like Roosevelt Roberts here at 8,400. And I'll tell you why. It's because when Matt Favola was facing Luis Pena, Luis Pena was having a ton of success. It kind of has a similar build to Roosevelt Roberts, tall and lanky, even though it's an orthodox versus a southpaw fighter. Um, you know, Luis Pena was having a ton of success with his hands and was lighting Matt Frivola up. Now, Frivola is super aggressive. He goes for takedowns. He's tenacious in the first round. Um, he's he's less dangerous as the fight goes on. But if Luis Pena resorted to guillotine attempts rather than trying to get these Kimura traps and these Kimuras, uh, I think that he actually could have finished Matt Frivola because Frivola really – leaves his neck out there a ton for when he's going for double legs. And if I was fighting for Bola and I'm Roosevelt Roberts, I have a disgusting guillotine choke. I am going to be practicing my takedown defense and my setups for my guillotine because I already know I'm going to hurt for Bola on the feet and make him want to shoot. So I do, I do like Roosevelt Roberts here at 8,400. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. You know, I would probably, you know, the thing with Favola is, I mean, uh, the positive in him is that him and Billy Q are training partners. Um, yeah. So, you know, obviously they've both been pushing each other leading up to this one. But, yeah, it's going to be, you know, the only thing, you know, it's just, 
It may be a fight you have to have the winner in, just just because of pricing. I think it is. I think it's one of the fights that I'm circling. I, I'm circling the the worthy Azatar fight. That's definitely one I want exposure to. Um, the Schnell Nam fight might be interesting because they're both GPP guys as far as their finishing ability. And then this Roberts for Bola fight's another one. Uh, obviously a fight that just got put in today, Romanoff and Martinez. Have, have you had any chance? I know, obviously we know, we know, uh, Romanoff is definitely in your top eight. <laughs> yeah. Well, I can't say, I can't say Romanoff has made it into my, MySpace top eight till he at least fights in the UFC. I mean, this is like his fourth canceled UFC fight or something crazy like that. I've been hyping this guy up for weeks. And if you've been listening to the show, you know, I hope you guys know who Romanov is by now. The guy has his nickname's King Kong. I want to roster King Kong. Um, the guy goes out there. He overpowers his opponents. He's like a bulldozer. He puts them on their back. He ground and pounds them so fast and so like so. He's a scary human being. And uh, if he can't put you away with ground and pound, he hunts unorthodox submissions similar to Alexi Olenek. Uh, a lot of like Kesa Katami stuff. So. Um, you know, basically the, the, uh, the neck cranks wrenching on the neck, um, working on it. He's just a very, very nice pick here. We just don't know his salary, Jason. I don't know what DraftKings is going to give him for a salary. Um, he's facing Martinez who is a good striker. He has good hands. And I think that if say Romanov can't get it to the mat, Martinez does have the hands to make things interesting, but I really, really like Romanov here. Hundred percent finish rate. Martinez has a seventy-five percent finish rate. I bet you this fight does not go the distance. We got about fifteen minutes here left in the show. Do want to let you know about a flash sale we have going over right now at awesomeo.com. Go over to awesomeo.com forward slash join to sign up for a NFL weekly pass for five dollars. All you got to do is enter the promo code Mahomes at checkout. That's a $5 NFL weekly pass. Use the promo code Mahomes to check that out right now as that flash sale is going on right now. Promo code Mahomes. Uh, next up, we have got Brock Weaver, who is supposed to take on Frank Camacho. However, Frank Camacho is off this fight card due to COVID. Jalen Turner is is expected to be in this one. I know uh, as the fight started, as the show started, the UFC had not officially announced it, but it should be uh, revealed here very shortly. Of course, Jalen Turner was a guy you loved a lot last week against Tiago Moses, and of course we know that fight did not happen. So uh, I'm not a Brock Weaver guy. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I'm interested to see. We were discussing before the show, like if they do not price Jalen Turner above 8,000, he is going to be so chalky. Listen, um, if you guys are tuning in to the show now, we appreciate it. But there are some things that, you know, we need the pricing on Romanov and Martinez, and we need to see this pricing on Turner. Um, if Jalen Turner, like you mentioned, is below 8K, I'm, I'm putting him in my lineups. And I, I don't see that happening. I think he should be a heavy favorite here. We spoke of it. Uh, Brock Weaver has struggled in the UFC and we're not even sure if he really should be in the UFC. He's, he's okay. Um, he brings pressure. I think that's what I could say. Pressure. He's tough. Um, but I think that a guy of, of Jalen Turner can go out there and put him away. Jalen Turner has a hundred percent finish rate. So in nine victories, he has nine finishes. Whereas Brock Weaver has only 33% finishes out of his 15 wins. He's just going to win fights, you know, via the judges he's going to go out there and press people against the cage uh throw good combinations the guy's skilled as far as boxing but jalen turner is going to be huge in this matchup he's going to have a three inch height advantage four inch reach advantage he's a brown belt in brazilian jiu-jitsu a lot of people don't realize that and that's kind of why i liked him last week against tiago moises because he could defend takedowns and you know possibly get out of danger and punish people on the feet with hard ground and pound as well if it, if it goes to the mat so I'm waiting the salary of Turner, but he's a guy that I've circled and I really want my exposure to. Yeah, uh, Pierce says uh, sucks. Frank had to pull out. Weaver was going was was going to be a great punt. You know what's crazy is that fight was such a headache for me because where's Frank Camacho at? Where's Brock Weaver at? Brock Weaver's now training in you know down at American Top Team. I don't know if he's there full time, but he's been there. 
He is. He's he's there full time. He's there full time now. Okay, so that that camp really just fixes a lot of problems and puts you in great spots, and you have some of the best training partners in the world. That fight, I'm happy, is not happening. I hope Frank Camacho is okay, but Jalen Turner should go out there and uh, and beat Brock Weaver pretty easily. Yeah, once the price is put on Jalen Turner, that's gonna that will help me decide how much of, of shares I'm gonna go have Jalen Turner. But yeah, if he's under if he's under eight K, oh, I am gonna have a crap ton of shares of Jalen Turner. Uh, next up, we have Brian Barberena versus Anthony Ivy. Brian Barberena nine thousand seventy two hundred for Anthony Ivy. Of course, did not go well for Anthony Ivy in his debut in the UFC against uh, Aguilera. Barberena coming off back surgery, um, so that's got to be a little bit of a question mark. Um, in terms of what we've seen with Brian Barberena, I mean, look, this guy's a wild man in the cage. I mean, that's about the best way to put it. Um, you know, I don't love a lot of the 9,000 options, but if I'm going to play one 9,000 option, I think Barberena would be my top choice. You know, I, I would have to agree with you. It's just uh, the back surgery, coming off of back surgery, that's really making me even question things. Now, it's not making me want to go in the Anthony Ivy direction because – Anthony Ivey in his debut fight against Christian Aguilera, he really shelled up and almost kind of looked like he just didn't want to be there. And that's that's what I'm talking about when I say that the moment seems to get the best of you. Yes, Christian Aguilera hit him with some good shots, but you can see it when a moment really is too much for somebody. And I hope Anthony Ivey makes some adjustments because the guy's skilled. Regionally, he's captured some great titles and has a good style, um, You know, takes people down, works for submissions or heavy ground and pound. So the guy is talented when it comes to grappling. Now, Barbarena has fought some legitimate people. And I think this should be, you know, a very easy Barbarena victory. The only reason I'm really debating this is because of the back surgery. How limited is he? How is his camp? How recovered is he? I mean, Barbarena fought, Chad Lepree, Sage Norica, uh, Worley Alves, Colby Covington, uh, Leon Edwards, Jake Ellenberg, Vicente Luque, Randy Brown. If you remember the Vicente Luque fight, he was putting a whooping on Vicente Luque for quite some time. And then a late finish, a late turnaround, Vicente Luque came from behind and knocked him out. Um, you know, the risk with Brian Barberena is his takedown defense. 47% can get controlled on the mat, but I feel like even a limited or a... Brian Barbarita of of late can still get this victory over Anthony Ivey. Yeah, to me, uh, I'll have a, a decent amount of shares of, of Brian Barbarita. Then our, our first fight, what we expect to be the first fight of the night, Sabina Mazo and Justine Kish. Mazo, 9,200. Kish, 7,000. Fight goes the distance, Prop Pete, minus 300. Gosh, man. I wish I didn't have to break this fight down, but I do. Um, you know, Mazo against Kish. Mazo should win the fight, in my opinion. I, I think that Mazo has the better striking. Kish is the most erratic fighter I've ever seen. She's she dances. It's it's weird footwork, but it works for her. She's three and two in the UFC. Um, Sabina Mazo is two and one in the UFC. You know her volume's pretty nice. Uh, you know Mazo comes in with a six point four strikes per minute, and a lot of that comes in the clinch. She really dominates opponents in the clinch. Um, you saw it in her previous fight. Uh, when she gets her opponents in the clinch, she throws tons of knees. So if I'm Mazo's coach, I'm saying, look it, we've seen you put uh, Shauna Dobson in some terrible positions uh, in the clinch. And we've seen you in your previous fight go out there and really control even J.J. Aldrich in the clinch. And I think J.J. Aldrich is pretty good. And J.J. Aldrich, in my opinion, is a lot better than Justine Kish. And she just went out there and won a split decision. It was a close fight. But I think only, it only takes one knee to slip in and really hit you in the solar plexus or the liver or even graze your chin. And uh, next thing you know, you're walking away with a TKO win. So Justine Kish really isn't even on my radar. If she wins, I don't think that she really does anything too special. Sabina Mazo has landed several takedowns in her fights as well. So the girl's not – she's not one-dimensional. I, I like her quite a bit despite the 9200 price tag. Uh, let's go uh, down our picks before we get into some questions before we wrap up here on the strategy show. By the way, these are, are straight-up picks. These are not related to DFS salaries at all. Give me Angela Hill, 
Uh, I'm going to go comma worthy, but I'm probably, you know, got some comma worthy blinders on a little bit there. I, I mentioned about uh, Azatar could, could easily win this fight in the first round. Give me Andrew Lee, Mike Rodriguez, uh, Bobby Green, Billy Quarantillo, Tyson Nam, Julia Avila. Give me Roosevelt Roberts. Don't feel good about that one. Uh, give me Alexander Romanoff, Jalen Turner, Brian Barbarina, and Sabina Mazzo. Interesting. Yeah, so I'm going to, you know, make some bold claims here on these straight-up picks. I'm going Watterson, uh, Azatar, Roxanne Modafferi, um, Rodriguez, Quarantillo, Nam, Avila, Roosevelt Roberts, Bobby Green, Romanoff times 10, uh, Jalen Turner, Barbarena, and uh, Sabina Mazzo. Boy, if Romanoff doesn't win, I might need to check up on you on Saturday. Hey, I know. Well, I mean, if he doesn't win, I'm going to use the excuse that the guy's been scheduled for five different fights and has probably had to cut weight or whatever. But uh, Romanoff, man, the guy's good. The guy's good. Uh, let's get some questions in here. Um, some of these questions have come out throughout the show. Uh, top three fights to target. Give me Azatar Worthy. Give me Waterson Hill, Herman Rodriguez. Are you talking cash for for Waterson Hill, or are you talking GPP? Uh, I would say both. The price, yeah, the price. Right? It comes it comes down to price point too. Well, okay, but if Waterson wins a five round decision, I really don't think that she pays off. That, that's definitely the tough part of that, yeah. But what if yeah. she gets to fight the ground and submits her? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I, I'll definitely say that's that wouldn't be in my top three. It's in my top five. I would say Worthy Azatar is probably the number one fight I'll be targeting. Um, Romanov Martinez fight. Um, and then what's the other one I said? Roberts for Bola, I think, is a sneaky one. Uh, cash cornerstones for FanDuel. Oof. Goodness. So, looking at what we know of FanDuel right now, my cornerstones go too, Jason. You know, yeah, my cornerstones would probably be Rodriguez, uh, Mike Rodriguez, Tyson Nam. If I was going to add a third, I'm trying to find you some value here. Um, I, I I don't know if I'd put him in the core, but common worthy at fifteen dollars sticks out to me. Yeah, I would say over on Fanduel, common worthy. Um, I'd probably get to Billy Q. And then Bobby Green because I think that uh, Alon Patrick will be looking to take him to the mat. You talking about the bonus points of defending takedowns and. I think Bobby Green could could work towards a TKO. Another FanDuel question we got. Favorite punt play on FanDuel. Is it Roxanne Modafari? Yep, it is. It is for me. Yeah. Yeah, it's something I think you got to consider with. Uh, upset of the night. Let me just look at the current betting line. So upset of the night. You know, I mean, Roxanne would definitely be if, you know, she can pull it off. Um. I think Ivy is another one if he goes. Yeah, he gets to the ground. Yeah, if he gets it to the ground and say Barbaran is hampered. Yeah, I think that's definitely something uh, to consider there. Uh, top two favorites and top two dogs. My top two favorites would be Mike Rodriguez and Bobby Green. I just don't know if Bobby Green gets enough in terms of, of DFS. My top two underdogs. Let me see. Is Tyson Am still an underdog? Yes, he is. He, well, actually, no. He's he's a favorite now at this point. He's minus one fifteen. He was plus he was plus one thirty five when that that line opened. So yeah, guess. somebody hammered that. Um, top two underdogs. Underdogs are tough. I would say Azatar is is for me. Yeah, plus one fifteen. Yeah. Um, Not too much else that sticks out to me. No. 
I mean, you have a lot of pick em fights and then you have a lot of wide, wide uh, betting odds. Um, uh, get some other questions in here before we uh, get out of here on this edition. Uh, who's your favorite? Oh, this was the favorite punt play. Someone mentioned uh, Eubanks, Montefiore, Ivy, Herman, or Kish. Out of those five, it'd be Montefiore. Um, who's going to take down City? I might say, I might say, in that group you mentioned, Anthony Ivy would be interesting. He'd be interesting. He's the most interesting. Um, who's going to take down City? I think Romanov's taking his opponent to take down City. Um, you know, Martinez's path to victory is keeping it on feet. He's going to, you know, look to keep it at boxing range. He has good heavy hands, but he's a plodding striker. And uh, Romanov can strike. He actually has some pretty deceptive striking, but overpowers people, puts them on their back. So rinse and repeat Romanov all day. I'd say we, we've talked about making some shirts. Take down City's got, has got to be one. You know what the other one's got to be? What's that? Throw them bungalows. Yeah, everybody likes that. Yeah. <laughs> and as Rick says, he goes, you know, Kamawari likes to throw them bungalows. It's true. You helped a lot of people out with that Kamawari call that day. Yeah, he's done well for us. Uh, Hunters, I uh, want you to talk a little bit about Martinez. Uh, yeah, so exactly. I was just kind of mentioning it. Uh, Martinez does have a 75% uh, finish rate out of 15 victories. Um, from the footage that I've looked at, and uh, granted, this fight has only been announced for like a day and a half now. Um, I'm going to look even further into it. He likes to strike good hands. Um, seems okay, but I feel like he might be somewhat undersized in this heavyweight division. Uh, probably not in the best of shape as far as cardio. And I think Romanov can honestly overpower him and have his way. Uh, Joe says, is it a good idea to stay away from the female fights? If not, is Hill Waterson the only option to play? Uh, well, the uh, main event is something I'm circling. I mean, wouldn't you agree? Yeah, the other other female fights on the card don't. Like, look, Montefiore would be would be a punt play for me. Yeah. Um, I'd probably have more interest in Andrea Lee on Fanduel than I would DraftKings. Uh, Avila Eubanks, I'm really I don't like that. You know, I don't like the price points on, on Julia in that fight. Um, and then I, I have very little interest in Mazo and Justin Keish in terms of DFS. I mean, as far as the GPP, Roxanne's interesting because of her salary and her path to victory, but she doesn't have the best finishing or finishing rate, thirty eight percent out of twenty four victories. Um, whereas Mazo has a nice matchup, but same thing, twenty five percent finish rate. But she can make up with that with her volume and. Um, I think that she's uh she's one to circle. Uh, final question. Uh, Pierce says a little off topic. What do you guys think about Chimenev getting booked for two fights? Of course, going to fight Gerald Mershart next week, and then uh, after that, they're going to book him to take on Damian Maya. You know what I got to say about that, Pete? Don't tempt the MMA gods. Exactly, baby. Do not tempt the MMA gods because all of a sudden, you know, look, it's it's he's. He's got a notable step up in competition, Gerald Mercer, next week. And then they want to put Damian Maya. I just, when you start publicly talking about the two fights you're going to book this guy for next, man, you are tempting the MMA gods. Yeah, that should have been kept behind closed doors. And, uh, you know, the Joanne Calderwood taking a fight just to take a fight. You know, and, you know I mean, you know, things could backfire for the UFC's plans. But um, if I am Gerald Mershar, I'm completely disrespected and uh, I can't wait to go out and put on a performance. By the way, uh, this week's card starts at 5 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. So I believe Live Before Lock is going to be, I want to say it's either 3.30 or 4 o'clock. If you follow us on social media, we'll let you know. But just to let you know, earlier fight card this week, main card starts at 8 p.m. Eastern time. So that is going to do it for this edition of the MMA Strategy Show. Of course, be sure to always check out the show every Thursday and Saturday. We'll let you know what day in the week we will be on next week. We're trying to, to figure out exactly what's going to work for both uh, Pete and I schedules. That's going to do it for this edition of the MMA Strategy Show right here on awesomeo.com.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.